Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello and welcome to another exciting class of the Short Bus Debate Club. <laughs> so, I'm Brian Courtney. That's Darren Jolly. Hello. And uh, so Last, well, actually two episodes ago, we talked about the military-industrial complex. This time we're talking about the prison-industrial complex. Now, honestly, I don't believe that they're that separate, but they are separate with regard to budgets and buildings and and things like that. Um, So when you say they're not separate... Because they're complementary in a certain sense, or? Yeah, because they kind of help each other out, you know. Um, maybe maybe the CIA wants to stash someone away for a while, you know, throw them in to the shoe. Nobody ever knows they're there. The shoe? Not, uh, what is it? Segregated housing unit. Um, where they put, like, generally high-risk type of offenders. People that have fucked up enough at another prison to where they move them to a shoe somewhere. You you keep them out of general population. But it's not like uh, when they put them in a hole or something like that. No, no, no. It's not, not, not dark where you're shitting in a bucket. Um, but it is separate from the other prisoners so you have minimal contact it's almost like supermax without being in a supermax so you're in you're in a regular cell so maybe the cia says hey we need to stash this guy away for a little while they put him in a shoe somewhere and i that's total speculation i'm not (laughs) saying the cia did that but i do know that certain departments have gone to the prisons for help and in other ways. And we're going to talk about that in more detail. Um, so before we jump into that, though, I want to talk about one thing. There is exclusive content out there. If you guys are on Spotify or Amazon or Google, you're not seeing it because the company that we host with, which is Red Circle, doesn't transmit the exclusive content to those guys so it just doesn't even show up on the menu of availability so if you want exclusive content you've got to go back to red circle subscribe and then you can get the exclusive content but i don't know if you can get it on google or amazon or spotify so we'll have to figure that out if you guys have already tried Let us know. You know the number. Email address. (laughs) Um, Roll, bitches. (laughs) Yeah, so I've got a lot of things that I want to talk about. Um, But before we start rolling, I want to touch on some stuff we talked about before. And I won't go into a lot of detail, but it's mainly about the crime bill. Uh 
this from the, the that crime bill episode or from the previous prisons episode? Or combination of the two. Okay. Okay. So, 1994, um, we talked about our illustrious president when he was still a senator, um, trying to get a bill passed, and then he it got stalled, so he just kind of rode the house. And this 1994 crime bill came into law. And basically what it says is that monies will be given to cities, counties, prisons, all of the above for doing a, a whole range of things, which include having a higher um, prosecution rate, having longer sentences, and um, I, there was a third fucking thing, and I can't remember what it was, but it, it, it isn't really relevant, because what it ended up being is billions of billions of billions of dollars being put back into prisons. Um, so a district attorney doesn't have any reason to say, you know what, this guy might not have done it, or there was justification there. Um, so instead of offering a plea that may have been of some value, you know, some redeeming value for the defendant, he says, fuck you, no plea, we're going to trial. And he gets sentenced for murder in the first degree instead of justifiable homicide. And so now the district attorney has taken two ticks off because he got a longer sentence and he got that, that prosecution. So that 1994 crime bill is a bitch. Um, and that, that was the main thing that I wanted to mention before we rolled into prison. That was again. where like uh three like three strikes was an outgrowth of, of the and mandatory minimums were those were both and there was another one I can't I can't find it but the idea was that uh when you give people a sentence there's an incentive that's giving given to them or given to the uh, in this context like what is it you're talking about to where they're they're requiring them to uh fill the full sentence not just yeah, yeah. So, oh, that that was the third thing is that um, so there were mandatory minimums with regard to parole, and the longer it was, I think it was like eighty five percent of the um, eighty five percent of the the sentence had to be served in order for another tick to be taken so that they could get some more money. But again, it was it was billions and billions of dollars because again, this started in 1994, and we're in 2023. So I can't remember exactly, but I think that the numbers that I quoted from that last episode, I think it was like 1.2 billion for this fiscal year. Um, that were those what would you call them um incentives <laughs> to prosecute for longer terms and higher prosecution rates 
So again, you know, the the district attorneys of our great nation should be in theory working for us the taxpayer. And so if and I'm not saying all people are are actually innocent, but it is supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. It's not that way with DUIs anymore. It's not that way with anything anymore, really, because they stack the deck against you. So, for instance, like with something simple like a DUI, if you go in, they charge you with a DUI, they charge you with a DWAI, they charge you with a DUI per se, and then if you were speeding or driving carelessly or whatever. So, they've got five charges against you for that one and then they say, well, if you plead guilty, we'll give you the DUI per se. Well, you still get the DUI. You lose your license. You still have to go to all the bullshit classes. You have to do all of this horse shit. But the district attorney has no reason to even try to negotiate with you because the city or county or state is going to make more money off of it. So it's curious how like like you say there are these premises that our lives are in the ideal type supposed to be based on. But I mean like you said you, you've got to go back to that that moment. I, I was I was watching I think it was in that uh, a, a friend of mine who I interviewed and I'll bring up some of the uh, uh, he's a He's worked in a prison for the last decade. Um, he he said he I had asked him a question about whether or not he thought there was a correlation between uh, as, as a person who's worked in that environment for that long, if there was a correlation between race and and the prison. And he, he said you got to go you got to go listen to, or go watch the movie Thirteen on Netflix, which I've never seen before. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. I'm sorry. Yeah, which is a, it's a, it starts out it talks about the Thirteenth Amendment and about how that was the moment where uh slavery ended but how maybe slavery didn't end uh, in such a clear uh, a clear-cut way as maybe um people want to think think of it in that in, in their heads but uh as um I'm losing, my, I'm losing my thought here buddy i don't i i don't know where you were going with your thought because we were talking about innocent before, before proven and, and, guilty yeah, yeah. and so, then you said slavery and the 13th amendment well i mean somehow or another like the idea goes back to where we have these ideal type positions in our mind about the constitution and you know uh rights that we have when we go or tried tried in a court but when you construct a position where you start to create this incentive-based uh, success position with regards to criminal justice, and then you start to see the emergence of these entities who uh, financially benefit from uh, enhancing the prison uh, the prison industry writ large, right? And and I mean, that, that comes in all sorts of different different frames, whether you're talking on the state or the federal level, or you talk about, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but you start to talk about migrant detention centers and, and whatnot. Um, it begs the question is, if when you have a profit-based um, 
society, uh, is it possible to, to maintain an ideal like innocent until proven guilty when the logic of the system always gets subjugate, subjugated to to profit to, to making money like because that like and it seems to be in in education you see the same thing you see it in a lot of different areas in life and the, and like i've repeated many many times i'm not even sure this is capitalism capitalism anymore it's a very peculiar form of it but there are so many entities that grew out of 94 where you literally see like 300 percent increases in prisons in the united states and you go from x amount we what do we how, how what's the the number of people that are in prison? I mean, we have the highest incarceration rate. Well, and again, capita. so we talked about that on the prison, one, uh -huh. right? So we've got five percent of the population, but they say that we've got twenty five percent of the incarcerated in in the world. Yeah, right. So I don't know how they came up with those numbers because we tried to crunch those numbers, or I did, a couple of different times, and they weren't coming up the way that they were supposed to. And, you know, I, I obviously don't have the research capabilities that say the ACLU does. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've got people that just sit there and fucking do research. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they've got people that do research on prisons and then they've got people that do research on torture and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's probably close to 25%. But again, it depends, you know, if you go in on Friday, you know, and you're in the drunk tank and you get out on Monday, do they pull the numbers on Friday or Monday? Well, and even, even still, like you can even take it further. Like some people might, might not consider migrant detention centers, you know, that, I mean, that's not, that's a different kind of. I don't think those numbers are included yeah. at all. And, and, and you could like in another way, you could take like the sort of like forced labor uh, camps that the Uyghurs are being subjected to in China. Like, I mean, is that, is that incarceration? You know, uh, I mean, it, it, it begins to look like it, you know, some of, some of, and some of the labor practices where you're in, tougher areas in China where you're having to work 14 hours a day, you know, those, those spots where people were, they put the nets down below again, that is because they were jumping out to try to kill themselves all the time. I mean, on some level that looks to me like, you know, like a form of prison, but of course I'm getting, that's where you, you're, I'm bending conceptual lines probably for most people too much at that point in time. So. Well, and I don't know, maybe if, if it's forced, if they're not getting paid a fair wage, and when I say a fair wage, I mean a fair wage in China. Mm -hmm. And now that has gone up significantly, I'm guessing, depending on where you are in China, um, which is why we've mo moved <laughs> most of our fucking manufacturing to Bangladesh or, or somewhere else because China's too expensive now. Um, but that's another thing altogether, which we've done an episode on that too. <laughs> um, but okay. So when you're talking about money, um, there are two ways to make money or at least two ways, right? So you've got this money coming in as grants or whatever the incentive that they want to call it for raising the bar, right? But at one time, 
I know that the prisons in Colorado, and I'm guessing all around the country, most of them were self-sufficient. So they had a garden or some sort of, you know, place to grow crops. They had, you know, maybe it was a poultry farm, maybe it was a sheep farm, maybe it was a combination of the two, maybe it was beef. But they they grew their own food so that it was less of a burden to the taxpayer. They decided probably in 1994 that that wasn't going to happen anymore. So here in Colorado, um, somewhere mid-90s, they created a company called Correction, a Colorado Correctional Institution. It's CCI, but they run the license plate factory. They run, um, they actually do uh, monitoring for the tollways. Um, they have a leather goods factory. They have a clothing factory. They have a welding and metals factory where they make dumpsters and shit like that. Well, in 2020, they made... $35 million in sales. It's estimated that in 2021, there were $2.9 billion in sales that were from companies outside of prisons throughout the United States. They pay the average worker in a prison Anywhere between 13 and 52 cents an hour. <laughs> so. There's this one that I was looking at. It's called Unicor, right? It's a, it's a private prison. And uh, they make uh, recycled furniture. And if you work 40 hours a week, you get paid $40 a month. And obviously, $40 is functionally different inside of prisons than it is on the outside. This is one thing that... Uh, when I was talking to my my buddy, um, he actually uh, so like right now you, you, we sell bricks of stamps to this prison in in the area, and they'll buy sixteen thousand stamps at an even time. So a stamp now is sixty three cents a piece, but the concept of value, I mean, because they're literally like used as money in some inside of some prisons, uh, but the concept of value they don't they don't know what. 63 cents means, you know, there's these different concepts of value and the way that things are expressed inside. So that does not mean that $40 a month for these people who are working 40 hours, 160 hours a month plus on this, uh, that suddenly like you're, it's like you're going to a third world country where, you know, woohoo, you know, I'm in Bratislava. What was that stupid movie? <laughs> Euro trip. Yeah. Euro trip. I got a nickel. We're millionaires, you know, it's, that is not what's going on in, in, in prisons with regards to that. But it is very curious to think that, uh, that inside of these spaces, they actually have a totally different concept. Like the way that they construct value is construct value in those spaces. Is, well, on the barter system is weird because uh, it's like a lot of it is commissary stuff, you know, Hey, we'll trade you two ramen noodles for this fucking nail clipper, right. Or whatever. 
I think they're gonna give nail clippers to them. That, that you can buy them, dude. Really? Can't you, kill, can't you kill somebody with a nail clipper? I think you can pretty much kill somebody with, with anything. anything. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and maybe I was wrong. I know that they have grooming items. Maybe the nail clippers that they sell are some sort of safety nail clipper. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, drugs are more expensive in prison. Toilet wine is more expensive in prison toilet wine and so that barter system like depending on the prison that you're at state level federal your family can send you funds and and for that matter county i mean because most counties will hold you up to 12 months before they have uh -huh. to transfer you to the the big house um they can transfer money to your account, and that's what you do. That's what you use for your whatever they call it, commissary or general store or whatever the fuck it is. Um, there are, I know that there are prisons here. There's one in Lyman where there's a group, a gang of fucking thuggish like skinhead guys that extort the coins that come out because they're used for the soda machine uh -huh. but it's not it's not actual money it's a, like some sort of token they extort tokens from prisoners for protection so that they can buy more shit at the commissary or whatever um and then they also i'm guessing take those same tokens for drugs or whatever. What was the name of the, the book where uh, the guy ends up on the island and uh, he's got like a guy that works for him, Robinson Crusoe, Robinson Crusoe or something like that. So this is like Robinson Crusoe in the prison, you know, like where the political, like the political economy, and don't get me wrong, like a, that he's trying to make an argument that uh, capitalism is, is eternal and that there's no, no, that isn't what, what I was fucking no, no, saying. No, I'm not saying you, I'm saying Robinson Crusoe. But oh, when okay. you, when you see a situation like that, where this power, it's not, it's not that capitalism is eternal. It's that social relations are eternal, that there's always this, uh, a dominant, uh, financial position and then a weaker one. Well, there's always a dominant position, whether yeah. it's financial or not. Well, that's, I mean, but in that case, you know, I mean, there's all, I mean, I, I, I would challenge you to, to demonstrate that there is not, whether, whether currency is functioning in terms of raw goods or. In terms okay. Of if if you, value. if you break it down into raw goods yeah. or services or whatever, yeah. then I'll, I'll buy into your little. It's not mine. That's Marx's argument. Okay. But, I mean, that's just, you know, all the other theories put into Eastern class struggle. So, like, this is like class struggle on a microcosmic level inside of a prison at that point in time. So, he, like, the, the, the shitty jobs where he was talking was 12 to 15 cents an hour. The really good jobs are 55 cents to a dollar an hour. But again, like, when you have these, like, like you go because you go to the commissary, you're not, you're not going to hold, you can't hold cash. I guess they don't allow them to hold cash in there, but you can convert cash into stamps, and then you can do these these things, which would be the same thing as, as the token. It gives you access to commissary, yeah, which allows you to do all of this other shite. So here's it's, if if we stick to the dollar thing, because I know we kind of took a, a a bender there. Um, so I said two point nine billion dollars. 
here in the country as far as like manufactured goods. Uh-huh. As far as prisoners providing services to said prison, whether they're working in the kitchen or whether they're shoveling shit or working on the cars or whatever, is another fucking $9 billion, dude. So $11 billion in services went out the door and they paid them nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. nothing. And in fucking seven states, they actually paid them nothing. Like this, like in, in the movie 13, that's where you get to this point where you're like, and it, in, in, in the prison, you know, while everybody sort of like identifies as we talked about, like you, you're sort of pushed into your racial group, generally speaking, but in that political economy space, they're all just abstracted and they're just taking this, you know, this value, you know, you're going to produce these, these items for us. If you want anything that's going to allow, allow to give you any concept of freedom at all. So you, I mean, you're beholden to that position, and that is that is slavery. I mean, that is a different kind of fucking slavery. And don't don't be confused. This doesn't just happen in our. I mean, it happens in those uh, um, uh, the migrant uh, detention centers as well. I mean, they do it. They do. They do it. I mean, and even realize they do it in those those ones as well. And and here, like yeah, because you need somebody to clean up, you need somebody to cook, deliver it, food. It allows you to reproduce the conditions that keep those institutions running. But then you bring in these ancillary, you know, financial interests that want to make the state wants to make license plates. These guys want to make recycled furniture, you know. Um, and and when it's like a, a a migrant laborer who doesn't have any civic, your your only civic standing in the country that you're in is based on something that the United Nations says, which amounts to exactly nothing, you know? I'm, I'm going to, you know, you're, you're you're taking away my rights. Well, what, what rights, motherfucker, are you in the United States, you know? I mean, we, you're just you're just lucky that uh, we're giving you 11 cents an hour for making furniture for us. Well, so I'm, I'm going to take it one step further okay. because it, it really bugs me. So I'm not sure how I feel about paying prisoners for work anyway. Now if they're if they're forcing them to work mm-hmm. then I I think maybe they should be paid. I, and I know that that sounds weird, but a lot of them are being forced to work. But here's something that I found out. So I thought it was just a couple of states that had legislation on the books called pay to stay. And that's you mean like if they're living there, they gotta pay their so I had it reversed. In 2019, two states got rid of their pay to stay, uh-huh. and that was Illinois and New Hampshire. Forty-eight other states say that prisoners have to pay, and it depends, you know, again where you are, but it averages to about 249 bucks a day. For your stay in prison. And you have to pay for that? Y- yes and no. Y- y- so the money, the 13 cents an hour that they get, part of that goes to taxes. Part of it goes to room and board. And then they keep part of it so that when you get out, you have some money to buy a bus pass, pay for parole, find a job, whatever. Find a place to live. 
um, buy a sleeping bag so that you can live behind a dumpster, whatever. Um, however, if you have any sort of assets, they will fucking take them quicker than shit, dude. This chick in Connecticut served two and a half years. She came out. Her mom died and gave the house to her and her siblings. Oh, ouch. And they fucking grabbed the house. Some other dude, I can't even remember. I think he was in North Carolina. Um, he, no, North Carolina generally doesn't chase him. But anyway, he came out a few years later. Somebody died. Or no, he got a, a, a an award for an accident. He got $21,000. They came after him and took almost all of it. He ended so up with like how, three what grand. Was the, what, was the, what was the time separation between when he got out and when he got the award? So liability, I mean, that's why, I mean, like, if you're going to... No, like, they they don't, in, there's it's no... It's infinite, then. You're saying yeah, it goes on they forever. can just wait. Um, yeah, that sounds like... We have all this justice in the United States. Wonderful justice. So it's... You know, I, I cracked a joke when we were talking about the military-industrial complex, and I was talking about deficit spending, and I said, oh, well, that's one of the reasons they got rid of debtor's prison. But really... Prison is debtor's prison because it's sending you... I mean, fuck, dude. You can find a pretty fucking decent hotel, depending on the city. You know, you can't do New York. Probably can't do Boston. I can't do San Francisco, really. L.A., maybe. But, I mean, you can find a pretty decent hotel for less than $249 a night. And there, they clean up after you. You don't have to fucking clean up anybody else's shit or go and work in a fucking license plate factory. I wouldn't mind staying at the fucking Hilton I, I get your for point, but two the, and a half the years. not going to let you just stay there until <laughs> you get hit by somebody else's car and then somebody gives you a chunk or your mom dies and gives you a $300,000, $500,000 house and then you're no, just going to go to the Hilton. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that the burden isn't supposed to be on the prisoner. We build prisons because crimes are being committed and we need somewhere to rehabilitate people so when they come back out, they don't commit crimes again. But what we've actually created is a place where when they come out, they're in debt, so they end up creating or re, re oh, fuck. I was going to say creating more crime, but they become recidivists yeah, they're gonna go and back they're going to go back in because they, yeah you, 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 I mean like and so then they're back at the 249 again I mean it's this fucking circle that just keeps going around and around and around and I'm not liberal where I think oh well we've got to coddle them we've got like when I found out they had access to Ben and Jerry's ice cream I was fucking pissed dude like seriously they I, were I don't think they gave it everywhere I, I understand That's that but I mean they were giving them Ben and Jerry's ice cream at dinner. And I know people that didn't have Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's expensive shit. Um, so I don't, I don't think that we need to coddle them. But 
I don't think we need to punish them more than they're already being okay, punished. Okay, so but this this is where you're bringing it into the, to the space that we're really we're really trying to ask like the bigger question, right? In in relation to the function of the criminal justice system, the function of a prison system, a jail system. So what you said, we create jails at the beginning of that. You said yeah. we create jails. Uh, or at to, least to we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, to create a space. Yeah, that, and so that's the yeah, that's the idea. We're like the we're supposed to create jails to create a space for people um, to have a measure of punishment. But the idea is for them to uh, to learn from the experience and to grow and to become better to, citizens, to get reincorporated into the citizenship of that of that of that nation. But when you're talking about an institution like uh, Corrections Corporation of America. I'm just not quite sure or sold on the fact that CCA. What are they called now? They're called uh, what is it? I just had it. Core Civic is the name of the uh, the the place. And uh, if you look, uh, I think that you can buy one of their their stocks because they're one of the eleven best publicly traded. Pu yeah, publicly traded uh, prison and uh, policing stocks on the planet. But uh, where did I get? I'll, I'll find them. I'll find the numbers here in a minute. But uh, the, these these companies, the companies that function to see these value capability, like like it's you know uh, making money ultimately off of prisoners. I'm not so sure that they really want those prisoners to to grow. I think that they probably are rooting for the recidivism, as, as you were sort of just saying. Well, so even if we're not talking about recidivism, let's no. say, because I do know that if you have assets tied to a spouse, that they can take that house also. So let's say you are married and you murder somebody, so they put you away for life. But you're in a pay-to-stay pay state, so you've got to pay $249 a day for your life sentence. Well, obviously, they don't know how long you're going to live, but they do know that you've got this house. So what's to stop them from just taking the fucking house out from under your wife and maybe kids? I don't know if you've got a wife and kids or not, but... Right. Um... Again, I don't think we're supposed to be putting these people into more debt. But, and I've got a serious issue with that. But if you're going, I mean, if that rhetorically is the argument, I mean, this is this is not this is like a structural thing. The entire system is reproducing itself like that. It absolutely is. I mean, it, there was a stat I heard like they built more schools or I'm sorry, more prisons than schools in the state of California between like 1979 and the year 2000 than they did actual schools. Um, that is a fucking issue. I, I'm guessing, again, this is a big guess, but I'm thinking that if we fucking built more schools, then we wouldn't have the need for as many prisons. Maybe that's optimistic. Well, I, I will say that today, if you wanted to buy the little core civic and the New York stock exchange, it's only 1045 a share right now. Um, but you have to understand that uh, as long as they keep making money off these things, 
it's a growth industry. It right? is absolutely you're, a growth you're, industry. They're gonna they're gonna put they're gonna put you and me in jail someday if we keep talking shit about all these things. Um, certainly, the way that we keep criminalizing the concept of uh, you, 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 <laughs> America is the place to be, and then you you know you have all these things going on in Central America. They come up here to try to be you know to achieve refugee status, but then there's this value capability in the the people that are running these like course of it because that's their, one of their big things they're the uh, uh they're really into the immigrant detention centers they're the biggest Im- immigrant detention center i think uh, company um in the u.s at least that was what william robinson was suggesting in uh the book that i love the site global police state well i know we've got two of them here in denver um in denver and i think we built a third but i can't confirm or deny that um i think we built a third just recently but that one might not be private um, because it's actually on federal center grounds. So I don't know. Um, but, and that one was supposed to be just for juveniles. Like, I wonder what they do with them. I mean, I'm sure that's not something they really are going to talk about publicly, but just as sort of like an ancillary point, um, even if it's a public prison, that doesn't mean that there aren't gigantic private interests interest that are tied to it you know no you have a like a company like aramark right or um because if you maintain you 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 make your bid you win the contract you know that gains you access to um to selling or bring it bringing the food in for prisoners and you know there's there's not a lot of incentive to you know to make it you know really good healthy food because you're just sort of, sort of supposed to fill this uh very low function and uh it can suck, you know, and uh, it absolutely can and does, dude. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, seriously, they're taking bids, and it ends up being that like most prisoners. Again, this number is based on Colorado, but it was like seventy nine cents, dude, for three meals a day. That was How the fuck are you feeding someone three meals for seventy nine cents? Is it because of bulk pricing? That's what they're. That was what they're getting paid. Well, that was what they were charging them for the meals. They were making. I mean, no company goes in and says, "Well, we'll do it for seventy nine cents." You can't cents. even do that with government right. cheese. Yeah. Right. So, but I mean, if they won the bid and the bid was saying we're going to do it for seventy nine cents for all three meals, or even if it was fucking seventy nine cents per meal, how the fuck do you do that? You can't even do that with government cheese. No. So, I mean, I don't... It, and it's not just the food. I mean, it's it's all of it, dude. I mean, because there's all kinds of shit that can go wrong in a prison. There's the people that have been vetted to do plumbing, heating and air conditioning, electrical, all of the restaurant supply shit. I'm pretty sure their beds aren't temperpedic. No, they're they're probably in the not. toilets. You know, the cans are probably literally, you know, in some circumstance, cans. The toilets. I always remember this story my uncle told me that made me laugh just hysterically because <laughs> he said that he would fuck around, and I'm pretty sure this was just in county jail. I don't think he ever got sent to state but he said he would just put one 
end of the toilet paper into the toilet and then just flush it and watch the fucking roll just go, dude, because their toilets are designed to suck everything down because if they don't, then disease can, like, breed. Besides that, a lot of them will try to clog their toilet up in order to purposely create these like shit and piss and puke cocktails to like throw at cops and guards and stuff. Um, so that, that reminds me of the scene from uh, Green Green Mile. Did you ever see you see Green Mile? Yeah. Where he pays that guy to give him the um, some sort of like a brownie chocolate pie thing, and the guy comes up to him and he goes. <laughs> And it goes right. It just looks like he just put a bunch of shit on the guy's face. But you're talking about literally, yeah, some nasty yeah. ass. If that isn't just a... and they'll let it like steep in the toilets. And if it because now, like I said, the toilets will generally flush themselves so that that can't occur. So they'll shit in a bucket, piss in a bucket, puke in it, and just let it stew behind their fucking radiator or whatever um and then throw it in the guard's face well i'm not there i'm not i'm dude i like i i when i was getting ready for this i listened to this book by a guy named chris hedges chris hedges is a super guy he was a war correspondent for many years um now he he, he also was an ordained minister which is a very odd thing his father was a minister um is this the ruggers guy yeah this is the ruggers guy so um Chris Hedges teaches in uh, New Jersey um, prisons, uh, and he do, he runs a program through Rutgers um, and helps these to facilitate these uh, these inmates to get degrees and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, when uh, the picture of the stewing kind of thing, they didn't ever talk about like uh, um, you know playing a game of fecal matters with the uh, um, with the uh, the guards, but they did talk about, there was one incident, I think I'd mentioned to her kind of getting ready for it, where when they get put in the, the concept of the hole, you know, where it's like a six by eight prison, uh, it's all metal. Um, so during the summertime, you know, when it gets to 90 plus in New Jersey, um, you're just basically getting fucking baked, you know, and like the only relief that this one particular prisoner was referring to was you could get uh, bags of ice um, from the, uh, from, from the commissary, for 75 cents but you weren't taking the ice to drink it you were you're using it to put on your you know your forehead just to get you to i mean that's fucking some nasty brutal i mean well so and imagine i mean if you've got 24 hours a day to fucking sit there and think about you can the people that have been fucking with you and i'm not saying that every guard fucks with every inmate but I know for sure that there are guards that fuck with inmates. I mean, it's just probability. It's like that power thing again. That it, a lot of it, I'm not positive, but I'm guessing that the guard mentality is a lot like the cop mentality where they were bullied, you know, or they wanted to be bullies or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they probably couldn't be cops because their fucking psychological evaluation didn't go through and this it's a tendency right because my 
the guy that I talked to, he's he's a very he, and he's educated. He's got a master's degree. He's a smart guy, you know. I mean, and he he didn't just buy a master's degree. He he went through the process. And when we talk about reading and shit like that, you know, books and things that interest him, and you know, it's there's a different level of conversation, like there was with these kids that were taking these classes with with uh, Chris. But uh, yes, I imagine that if uh, and especially like uh, if I hadn't found a way to come terms with it and try to make a, go a, a different way with my mind you know where if I was in this like permanent state of like uh just fuck any motherfucker and I'm gonna fuck people up and I'm gonna get back at the people you know to where revenge becomes like the, the sole purpose of everything that you are and you, like you said I got I got 24 hours a day to think about how I'm gonna get back at your ass you know so I'm just gonna sit there and meditate on it and throw some shit in your yeah, face yeah I'm gonna let I'm while I'm stewing I'm gonna be stewing and but I mean, so, and I've heard stories and seen it, like, again, I don't think HBO has ever made a bad show. No, nope, I changed, I, I think they've made two bad shows, Girls and Sex on the City. But I think the second season of that weird uh, one where they were like, uh, the criminal one, or pan- carnival one? Carnival, yeah. Carnival, the first season was great, the second season was awful. I'm watching that now, but... Yeah, so I was going to say Oz yeah, was a great, great fucking show. And a lot of the things that I talk about, I actually had to go back and re-research because their statistics were a little bit old because I think that show ended in like 2002. It's been, yeah, it predated, uh, well, it was about the same time that uh, Sopranos was going on, right? It, they they crossed over, yeah. but Sopranos went till 2006 or 2007. Mm-hmm. So I think it was 2000, maybe 2001, 2003, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the stats that they gave in the show were a little outdated. Um, but, you know, other things that I, I mean, I've heard about shit where these guards just fuck with people constantly, like, I can't remember what they call it, but I think it's just called loaf. Like they put all of the shit, the leftovers that have been around for a while, and they put it in a pan and pack pack it down and bake it until it burns on the outside, and then they make whatever inmate that they want to fuck with eat it. Ooh. Yeah, foul. Um so again. Not every guard, just like not every inmate, but probability says they're gonna butt heads at some point. Well, if you if you make me eat a shit fucking bread, a baked shit <laughs> bread, I mean that reminds you. Well, it's you, not shit. It's, it's sh- nasty ass shit. Yeah, that's in yeah, the kitchen. Yeah, right. That yeah, leftovers or whatever. When you if, when you eat it, if any any of it gets in your stomach, you're gonna be fucking having some nasty ass fucking food poisoning for like three days, like. Like a hangover from fucking hell. It reminds me of, did you see the movie The Help? Yes. Yeah, the shit pie. I mean, yeah. It reminds me of the shit pie, except for the shit pie is going to the right person. I don't think the shit bread going to the inmate is, I, you're right. I would, uh, and especially like one of the things that, uh, that, they, that was asked about and was talked about a little bit in that book. Part of the reason why I listen to this book is that sometimes I get nervous when I'm thinking about these things, when I think about like stuff like prisons. I, I, I don't want it just to become too abstract. I want to understand like the real view from a person who's being totally fucking railroaded by a system like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
God damn it, I always go on these fucking tangents and then I forget where I'm fucking... Well, so I'm just going to uh-huh. circle back for a minute uh-huh. because we were talking about the guards fucking with the inmates, mm-hmm. right? Well, we didn't even mention that the other inmates are going to fuck with you, right? They're going to try to fucking shiv you or shake you down for what you've got, steal your shit, extort whatever, uh, blackmail you, whatever, rape you. Because if, if you don't show, yeah, if you show weakness, I mean, that's weird. You have to be like. So you would think uh-huh. that if I was paying $249 per day, I wouldn't have to worry about being raped, shivved, or fucking whatever. Um, I, I don't think it's right. But you're getting to, you're, it's 249 on the come, you know? It's, <laughs> <and> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that there are any inmates that are in these dude and, and like you want to talk about exactly like I really like this fucking book was super cool like sad like tough but they uh, it, they they end up coming together as a class and they they read all these different uh, um uh, like August Wilson play, plays that that because it, it was primarily you know black inmates that were in these classes but plays that would uh, speak to people that had been going through pretty fucking horrible situations. August Wilson is somebody who people don't know about a ton, you know, but uh, he was a black playwright that was writing at the early part of the 20th century that really captured a lot of what was going on in the reconstruction and the aftermath stuff like, uh, what was it I was talking to you about the other day where uh, um, the the inmates that would, or people get, bu- the the black people get busted, this is after, the, after slavery ends, and then after, so they get busted at a dice game and then uh, they get put the chain gang kind of things that yeah. they did, and they would work them to death essentially during that time period. This is something that they don't and we we don't talk about that. We talk about slavery as if like like they were saying the thirteenth when 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 the thirteenth amendment came down as if that was like the end of all the shit that happened. No, these you have an entire political economy on the south built on slave labor. You're going to find ways to loophole back into using that slave labor, you know, to maintain those economies in the in the meantime. Well, so again, if you're Working in a prison, you're making between 13 and 52 cents an hour, right? But you don't get workman's comp. So if you're working in the kitchen and the fucking dishwasher door slams down and cuts your fucking hand off, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if they can actually do that, but... You might lose a pinky. If you lose a pinky, Mm -hmm. there's no workman's comp. You don't get that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a lot of benefits in prison. No. But, again, if you're doing dangerous work, like they were showing these guys down in El Paso, Texas, after COVID, Mm -hmm. so many people had died that they had all these bodies wrapped up in sheets and fucking duct taped. And then they had these prisoners disposing of the bodies. And these were were dead prisoners. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. And they weren't getting any benefits for that either. No. And they probably did not even no, get 15 cents an hour for it. No protections at all. And again, yeah, so the, Texas is one of the seven states that does not pay prisoners at all. I, I bet you you could take a guess on what at least two of the other six are. Alabama, Mississippi. That's a fucking solid guess, <laughs> dude. Solid guess. Yeah, they all run along the Gulf Coast uh-huh. right there. Um, Louisiana is interesting. Are they, are they part of that? No, they Louisiana seem, actually pays. Yeah. Um, so the seven are, this is probably the wrong article. 
in those prisons though that 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 was these these guys what they would go through the cool thing about the class when they started because they started to read these plays together and then they started to write about their own experiences um which made them allow themselves to be vulnerable you know in in a space but you are like you are not allowed to be when you're in general pop when you're out you know with the other with the other individuals you have to be a tough motherfucker and if anybody looks at you wrong you gotta fucking sock them in the face you know you gotta you gotta be prepared to go you know because and that's what you're that's you're 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 fighting with other inmates you're fighting with the guards you know you're you're in this situation where it's just like as animalistic you know of a society as you could possibly meaning like like you have a king of the jungle you know and you have these ones over here that are hyenas and these ones over here that are that are that are goats that are bitches you know i mean that have to latch on to somebody else stronger than them which means that they have to give something up when they're like yeah i mean you, you that was what i was thinking of earlier when we were, i was talking about how they they got to a space where they could be vulnerable but it took a really fucking long time because of exactly what you said everybody's all got they're all fronting you know well there were a lot of i don't know if this is like strictly a colorado terminology or not uh -huh. But I mean, there are prisons within the Colorado prison system that the prisoners I've known, they call them gladiator schools. And that's gladiator schools. What yeah, they that's, are. yeah, dude, crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's it's out of control. But again, so if and again, you, you know, you said that they're doing it on purpose, because if I come out of prison and I've got. A fucking $250,000 debt. I'm not going to feel real hopeful about my no, future. Yeah, you're going to, that's what, like you said, you're going to just put yourself, where where, where am I going to go? Anything that I make, I'm going to just lose. It's just going to be taken from me. So why the fuck wouldn't I just go back? And yeah, why bother? Why not just fucking murder somebody so that they'll put me in forever? That's what Brooks said, right? In in uh, Shawshank Redemption, he said, "I just kept thinking about going up and shooting the, the head of the the head of the grocery store so they'd put me back in." You know, and that's just an old guy that was a nice guy that ran the library. He fucking took a crow and brought it to life, but he didn't. You know, he was not ever going to be able to. And I guess I know this is this is a narrative. It's liter. It's 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 a it's a book, but. It, it effectively captures, you know, and in, in his case, it's more just that he, his argument is that he became institutionalized. But a lot of these guys, because that's how they've learned to survive anyway. How would you function on the outside, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know if I was in like, dude, honestly, like, I think that getting rid of the death penalty is only for profit. Now, so many people, so many people argue that they're getting rid of the death penalty because it's fucking brutal moral, and moral it's, issues, yeah. you know, we're against it. Death is wrong. Sometimes you kill a person that we find out later on because of a uh, um, DNA, DNA evidence or whatever. Were, yeah, uh -huh, they were not. But as far as I'm concerned, if I were to be going in for, let's say, any time longer than two, mm -hmm. I'd rather them kill me. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Because I don't, I don't want to have to be on guard all twenty four hours yeah. a fucking day. It's kind of, it's 
kind of it, it's I think like that's and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to listen to that book because I don't want to just sit there and imagine like I would rather just hear somebody's testimonial with regards to how that plays out because and I don't even want to really do that because I like that we have this horrible habit of being voyeurs in those kinds of moments but I like fuck that shit bro yeah. it's gotta just take a fucking toll on you dude i mean i've i've never been in long i've been in the drunk tank a few times i've been in county a couple of times i was in juvie a couple of times mm-hmm. i fucking hated every time juvie and the county the last time when the cops beat the fuck out of me those were probably my two longest stints and those were four or five days apiece. Mm-hmm. but it was the worst fucking four or five days ever because i Again, I, for all intents and purposes, had my back against the wall because I didn't want anybody. Yeah, you can see anybody to, to come sneak up yeah. on me. Yeah. Um, it's so a hor- it's a horrible way to have to live your life. Yeah, and, and to do it for years and years and years. And to think that this is the way that people are making money, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, it, this is this is where my Hunger Game fantasies like really. I'd love to see those motherfuckers that own these companies put into a space where some of the people that are so like this the book the Chris Hedges book is called Our Class Trauma and Transformation in an American Prison so trauma because that's that's exactly what what happens to you in, in, there I mean you are not going to come out of if you get paroled after 20 years you're not, you're never going to be mentally okay you're never going to be all right you're going to be fucked up for fucking ever so. Well, and he might also be going even further with that title because a lot of those guys were, and I don't mean to say guys, I know women commit crimes too, but. And are in these prisons for sure. But for the most part, the majority of the population is male. Um, But either way, male, female. Trauma. Any of the other classes, <laughs> um, Why, I'm sure. The other, the other well, that okay. that I think that a lot of them were traumatized prior to they, they actually, even committing the they crime. They actually go into that a ton. Yeah, it's you're, you're, of course you're right. Yeah, they go into. So and then it just I mean, when you get in, imagine. Oh, fuck. I mean, there are just too many fucking traumas to imagine, but being all fucked up already and then going in there the only way okay so i know we're going to talk about prison movies on whatever movies and shows right so don't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, us yeah. too much no i won't <laughs> but um do you remember that movie bad boys with sean penn and uh that mexican guy he ended up being the captain on one of the svus um Sean Penn was uh, a punk gangbanger, and the the Mexican dude was he, a gangbanger really, too. They were really in Chicago. Young. Yeah, really Ali Sheedy was in it too, because Ali Sheedy was uh, Sean Penn's girlfriend. Well, Sean Penn got sent to juvenile detention. Um, the Mexican went and raped Ali Sheedy. So he ended up in jail, and 
they had to kind of battle it out. But before he battled the Mexican, he had battled this guy that had been in charge of the his cell block for a while. And he took a pillowcase and filled it with soda cans and just beat the fuck out of this guy. So imagine being in a place that respect was actually fear and the fear was that you were going to get your head bashed in with a fucking pillowcase full of soda cans or whatever. Um, anyway, Bad that's, Boys is a solid movie. That's, is that what it's called? It's, yeah, it's Bad Boys. Bad Boys, Bad Boys. It's not Bad Boys with... Um, Those idiots, yeah. Yeah. Martin, whatever his name is. Martin Lawrence and Fuckface. Fuck, yeah, the idiot fucking Will Smith. It's, uh, I want to say, 
These motherfuckers got nothing to look forward to. And like you said, after they're wired that way, and they try to reincorporate. How do you rewire them after prison? Like, okay, so parole is supposed to ease your transition back into the community, right? But these guys in the parole system, I mean, the employees uh-huh. are so fucking overburdened with people coming out or people they need to check on uh-huh. that they don't, they don't give a fuck about you. Uh-huh. So they're not helping you find a job or a place to live or anything else. But I mean, what do you do? Like when, uh, what's his name? The, Mooney guy, um, when he would fucking take people into his cult and the parents would the, fucking... The South Korean guy? Okay. Yeah, when they'd pull him out, they would send him to a fucking deprogrammer so that they could be... They could take that cult shit out of their head. Do I mean, the way things are and the way they've built everything... The people that have more than three or four years are probably going to have to go and be deprogrammed in some way Um, and maybe reprogrammed again. And then if they're at all intelligent, they're going to realize they're totally fucked anyway because they owe the state that can't be true under all circumstances. Like I, I think that would be worth looking at, looking into. Like, I did fucking look into it, and I pulled up the fucking uh, the Colorado um, revised statutes uh-huh. and looked at it. And I'll, I mean, I don't so want to charging you. Per, you're I don't want to read legalese. Okay. But it says. Yeah, we, we can do a little legalese in, in relation to this. So it's. <sighs> Not everybody's from Colorado, so they don't really give a shit. But it's action action for reimbursement of cost of care. When any person has been sentenced to confinement in a local jail or a correctional facility or to home detention or has been granted probation or has been placed on parole by the State Board of Parole and the sentencing court has not entered an order pursuant to Section 18.13701. Requiring such person to pay the full cost of care incurred during such person's sentence. The state, the appropriate prosecuting attorney, the Department of Corrections, the Judicial Department, or any governmental agency which has incurred cost of care, such as a person may file an action for reimbursement for cost of care. So here's the thing. Home detention for a long time has been paid for by the person in home detention. I only know that because I had to pay for home detention back in 2006. So it's been at least that way since 2006. Paying for your own probation, I know I've had to do that since 95, I think, was the last time I was on probation. After the DUIs, Uh well, or I should say before the DUIs. Um, So I knew I had to pay for probation anyway. Um, didn't realize I had to pay for home detention or parole, but those are all outside of said prison system. Yeah, you're on the block. But again, local jail or correctional facility. And then it says, so here's 
How did they do the calculation, though? Again, that's why I said it depends on where you are. Can you file bankruptcy on that, or is that like student loans? If I had to guess, I'd say it was like student loans, especially if it was with a federal. Wouldn't that be ironic? <laughs> one of them is, I mean, one of them is, is your life totally destroyed. One of them is supposed to give you hope, but they both leave you in jail. Completely fucked. <laughs> Completely <laughs> fucked. That's so fucked up. Okay. So I don't know, dude. I mean, I don't know how they come up with the calculation. I'm sure that, you know, some county down in southern Colorado has one calculation where here in Denver, things are more expensive, um, including, you know, officers and, and whatever. I need to get this answer. I need to, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to find this answer. Not obviously not today, but uh, I just want to know at least a couple of them be like a, understand what it's like in a county situation understand what it's like in a yeah i know I, I, that was, well i was just gonna say that oh wow it's gonna take a while. <laughs> no that i mean go with the resources that you've got dude what is it what is it what did you what do they call it again it's cost of care for or reimbursement for cost of care And like I said, the average is $249 per day. And again, for $249 per day, I don't want to worry about being fucking raped. I'd also like to have computer access and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> if, I was, if I was in that environment, I'd have to become a junkie, I think. I like the way you use the word become. What do you, uh, what does that imply? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with you. It's not very nice. No, dude, it was a mirror thing. Because I figure if I look like a duck and quack like a duck, I got to be a duck. All right, all right, all right. So let's talk about prisons, motherfucker. Well, so here's where I think I want to cut it off because we're at an hour and 10 or coming up on an hour and 10. Well, we've got a lot of stuff we yeah, like we've the, got a ton of shit. The brass tacks when it comes to, like, the numbers and what goes on inside of those. Just the, the, the money-making side of this scheme. So Well, and there's some other shit as far as the government being fucked up that we need to talk about, too. Like, what do you mean? Uh, studies on prisoners um, for pharmaceutical companies. Oh, and the, the, like things that when they're basically using them as a... Like I just want to give them a little bit of a, a taste so they want it. Yeah. yeah, we want them to be good junkies too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just remember, exclusive content is only available after you pay for it on Red Circle. You're not going to see it on Spotify or any of the other places until you pay. So just go to Red Circle and look for uh... Short Bus Debate Club. And the next hour is going to be exclusive content. <laughs>